This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, let's do it. It's called the podcast. It's it's like a... It's like a um... Let's see. Al's in New York. I'm in Chicago. So it's like a cross-city podcast today. Al Dukes, how you be? Oh, hi there, Jerry. Uh, yeah, I was wondering, do you ever listen to podcasts where they, like right before you did your 3-2-1, we were having like a conversation that just, yes. uh, we were talking and then Eddie started the recording process and that sort of thing. Yeah, Rogan does that. Yeah, Rogan does that. Mark Marin does that. Maybe we got to start doing that. Doing we could like, do that. Uh, maybe we'll leave this one in for today. I'll have Eddie leave that entire thing in. Um, Look how casual we are, Jerry. We're so casual. Yeah, I don't want it to come across, though, that uh, I was upset with anybody here, though. Okay, well, then we'll leave that all out, then. Yeah, let's leave that out. Okay, well. Because I wasn't. They were phenomenal. Yes. It was just one miscommunication led to a little bit of chaos. Yeah, I don't like when podcasts do that anyway. Bugs me. Like, set it up. What do you mean? uh, Like, when a podcast just starts and they're in the middle of a conversation. Sounds sloppy. And then they go, oh, we're rolling. And I know they want to sound casual. Right. But it yeah. sounds sloppy, and I feel like I'm not getting the proper introduction that I, I should agree be getting. I, I agree with you. That's why we do it the right way. The other funny thing that some podcasters do, not a lot of them, and it's mainly people who worked in radio and are now podcasters, they reset the show as if they're on the radio versus being a podcast, which people are listening to straight through. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that do podcasts now that believe that that's now what radio is well they'll be like in the middle of their podcast go uh we're talking to right tom cruise yes right, you, they, they you, think you're listening and you can't see and you're not the one that clicked on the interview oh yeah i don't know but yeah but you are the one who clicked on the interview correct correct but i Unlike think that's the, that's like old school radio that's what i'm yeah. saying i think too many people think they're still doing radio yes that's correct that's what i mean yeah like that uh on the radio you have to keep saying who you're talking to because people are popping in and out right agreed and for the podcast they're mostly not uh speaking of which i listened to uh some of and i was a little rough to get through some of it joe rogan had this guy on jerry who has this piece of property in Alaska. Okay. And I guess there was a documentary on his property called Boneyard, Alaska. All right. It's five acres. And in that, under the, uh, on that five acres, they have found over, over 
250,000 prehistoric bones. No kidding. Yeah. Why like, were they looking? Um, I guess when the guy first bought the property and he was walking around, they smelled they smelled decay. Oh, God. And it was rotting flesh from prehistoric animals that had just started to thaw after all these years. Come on. Yeah. And it seems crazy. I'm very actually interested in uh, watching the documentary to see what it's about. But supposedly there's there are bones uh, and huge bones of animals that were previously thought not to have been in that part or even in Alaska. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Well, maybe they were uh, brought by helicopter and dropped off. And dropped in. Do you ever think about that, too, like where we live? I know you're down by the beach, so I guess it's possible. But like even in Colonia or where your parents are now down in South Jersey or where I am or where Eddie is, like these dinosaurs were everywhere. Yes. People were everywhere. There there have to be dead bodies and, well, not, I shouldn't say dead bodies, remains uh, below all of us, I would think. Yeah, I actually strangely thought of that either yesterday or the day before when I was walking my dog and there were there was an empty lot that's been empty for a long time and now it's for sale. Right. And I was thinking, or it was sold, and so my guess is they're going to start construction soon. And I was actually thinking, wow, they're going to come onto this piece of land, start digging out to put in the foundation. Yeah. What do they find bodies in there? And it's not, it wouldn't be crazy to, to actually have that happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's it's very when you start digging, God knows, man, you have no idea what's underneath. No idea. I mean, no. you could be finding, uh, hopefully not human remains, but you could find people who've buried their dogs. Sure, hundred percent dinosaur bones. Yeah, the dinosaur bone one is weird. Yeah, because while you know it happened, it's nothing that we've ever experienced or seen, and then to find remains like that that's got to just be i don't know and then what you're talking about alaska where you can smell that's horrendous yeah in fact this boneyard alaska they have a a uh, uh instagram page right and they've got pictures of like and it's insane the piles and piles of bones they have Man. and the skulls of animals that like strange versions of bears and like is something like that worth money i think so yeah man all right, well, good for him then. Then he, how about he, this? What he revealed, he revealed this on the Joe Rogan podcast. Never told anyone before. He's got a New York City connection. He said that there was a time when they had shipped, somebody who owned his property prior to him had shipped all of these elephant tusks up to New York City. For what? For To put in one of the museums. Oh, okay. And then nothing was ever done with them. And then they were dumped into the East River. Oh, come on. This guy claims that off of 65th Street in the East River were dumped many woolly mammoth tusks. Do you think anybody has ever, and my guess is yes, but I don't, I've never heard about it, so maybe not. Do you think anybody has actually ever scuba dived? In, has got has like a deep dive to see what's down there? The East River, the Hudson River. I would think so. That's got to be some scene. Yeah, I would think there's everything in there. Cars. You know there's cars just sitting on the bottom of the East River. (laughs) Oh, there's the Porsche I lost. Yeah. I don't know what the clarity is, though, in something like that. You know, like if you go down there, 
well, how could you help your vision if it's like well, the water's murky. crystal clear. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That's like being in Bermuda. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I would. That would be some scene. Like they always talk about diving down by the Titanic, and they got these great videos and film and footage. I would love someone to go down and do the same thing in the Hudson River and the East River. Yes, that I would watch that. Yeah, like there's got to be some sort of light nowadays, like technology where where a light could shine to get through the murky water. So we could maybe call you it could see the river floor. The river floor with Al and Jerry. No, I don't want to go down. No, no we thanks. talk to the people before they go down, and That's we'll talk fine. to them when they come up. That's fine. We, we can just do host. the documentary. Yeah. We're just hosts. So I was curious if anyone, because uh, this podcast came out, I think, last week. I'm, I wonder if, if anyone in New York City went looking for those bones or those tusks. Well, I mean, this comes back to my question. Do you think people try and do that? Because if that's the case then I would think someone would have saw someone jumping into the river in a, you know, in scuba gear, right? I, yeah, I would... and, I, and I wonder, are you allowed to just jump into the East River with scuba gear on? I would, I don't know. I would think not, but I don't know. I don't know. I would but think you, not you, either, but... You can go run into the ocean and take on nine-foot waves, yeah. but you can't go swimming in the East River. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Although they have events, oh, they probably get permits. Though I was going to say they have events, yeah, where part of the the triathlons is swimming a little bit in that disgusting water. Well, it's like God. when when people go missing and they check the nearby waters, and they these uh, I'm sure like there's been police dive teams that have gone into the East River and the Hudson River looking for bodies. Right, those are search rescues. Yeah, search rescues. Yeah, I imagine the currents have to be horrendous too. Yeah. Which is probably why you're banned from going in them. Yeah, it's got to be some wild stuff down there. Yeah, I'll pass, but I would be fascinated to know what's down there. And there also has to be, like, when you, we think about, like, the oceans haven't been fully explored. They say, like, it's, like, the one place on Earth that, you know, there's there's parts of the oceans that are very, very, very deep. Mm-hmm. I wonder how far you can go down in a scuba gear. I don't know. Like, there's got to be a limit. D- there's... The type of person that's out there that's adventurous and fearless that would probably, you know, the type of person that wants to go climb mountaintops and, and do things of that nature. I'm good. I got to be honest. Knee high water is about as far as I want to go. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not interested. <laughs> Something goes wrong. Can you, I mean, you can make the same case about being on a plane. I get it. And I think about that all the time for sure. But that's a means of transportation. You're talking about like leisure and and you know, peaking an interest, and I'm good. I I'm, I'll let someone else tell me what's going on down there. And also, going into the ocean, you're going to a place where creatures live. It's this their, is their home, home, not ours. Right. Uh, the, an airplane, you're just in the sky, and it's just technology. Correct. That is very true. I don't want to go. In, it's like I wouldn't want to walk into the jungles. I don't want to walk into the oceans. Right. I don't even like walking into a lake because I think gators hang out in lakes. Well, not around here, but yes, once you go a little south, for sure. Yeah. I, so I meant New Jersey. That's what I meant when I said knee-high water. I, I'm not interested in lakes either in Florida. Matter of fact, when I go to Florida and South Carolina and North Carolina and play golf, I hit a ball in the water. I just drop another ball and move on. Oh, yeah. I don't even look for it. No. It's not worth it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. They got gators in the Carolinas too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I always told you that story about Charlie. Oh yeah, Charlie the gator was down there. I thought he was a Florida. No, that was that was Myrtle Beach actually. That hmm. was Myrtle Beach. And he he was an old old gator. Those things look like dinosaurs 100%. Yes, they do. Yeah, well that that's probably I would think the last link to them, right? That and certain birds. Yeah, I don't know why they say certain birds. Alligators I could see. I would think alligators, snakes, like all reptiles look like dinosaurs. Yeah. I know that's true. You know, snakes are disgusting. Snakes are disgusting. Snakes are freaky. Did you see there was a couple that got chased by a rhinoceros on a was it rhinoceros? Yeah, a rhinoceros yeah. on an African safari. I did not see the video. I did see the headline. All I think about is you. When I see anything going wrong in an African safari, yeah. I would think that would have been him. Yeah. Boomer wanted to send me on an African safari. Yeah. Yet another thing I'll pass on, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a... not like you. I want to do things, but there are certain things that I have zero interest in. That's one of them. You don't want to potentially piss off a large animal. <laughs> Or no. a poisonous snake. I don't want right? to be anywhere where they could be around. Yes, me too. That's why, like, I do get nervous when Eddie goes, when I find out Eddie's doing these hiking trips. <laughs> yeah. What if there's a black bear that just woke up and he sees you and your wife? I mean, are you nuts? Yeah. Crazy. My friends hike all the time, too, and they always ask me to go. I go, no way. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, pass. <laughs> Hard pass. I walk my dog around the neighborhood. I'm getting exercise. This is good enough. Right, and even that, you got to worry about the other dogs getting into a fight and you being in the middle of it. Right, then what do I do? Right. You hope your dog can stand stand tall and protect you. Yeah, by the way, yesterday this happened to me. So I was uh, walking the dog, and she, she... she when she finds things on the walks, I can't get them from her. Okay. She gets into a very protective, very animalistic mode. Yeah, sure. Where, which is why I let her eat chicken bones, because I'm like, I can't get them away from her. Right. And I know I've got to, I probably should go to some type of dog training, because one of the first things you want to be able to do is tell your dog to drop something. Right. And I do not have that ability right now. She also sometimes will pick up plastic, such as she loves zip ties. Oh, okay. And for whatever reason, there are zip ties all over town. I I don't understand. Right. So normally what happens is if she'll pick up a zip tie and walk around with it and eventually drop it. Sometimes she tries to eat it. And I know if she eats it, that can't be good to be swallowing a plastic zip tie. No, not at all. Right. And I know that's going to haunt me in the night because she's going to have to go to the bathroom. She's going to feel ill, something. So yesterday she picks up a zip tie. She's walking with it. I couldn't get it from her. So I, so she's walking towards the house. Sometimes she likes to bring whatever she finds into the home. Mm-hmm. And then in those cases, I've been able to take it from her because now we're in the house. It's not a find out in the wild. This was my theory. Mm-hmm. So in the past, I've been able to take things from her. Once she gets in the house, she drops it. I just pick it up and throw it out. Right. So she brings it in the house yesterday. She brings it to her bed, and she, she sits down in her bed, and she starts eating it. So I was like, ah, I can't have her eating this thing. So I went over. I took it from her. She showed her teeth. At you? Yeah. And oh, then boy. Jerry... uh, snapped at me like a cobra. She struck me like a cobra. Really? Yeah. She hit my thigh. Wow. Yeah. 
That's not good. That's not good. No, 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 no. I yelled at her and pointed right in her face. I don't blame you. What After else all this I... time? Yeah, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. She like went into she like went into like crazy mode. She went into animalistic mode. She went she into went animal into... mode, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's always you know, I've always wanted to growing up, I always I had a we had a mutt for a dog, cute little cute little dog. Yeah. But it wasn't wasn't a guard dog or anything like that. And then when I got a little older, my mom got into uh, she really enjoyed the, uh, the beagle. She thought they were cute. And so she got a beagle, and we had one of the, I mean, most beautiful, playful beagles you'd ever want. And unfortunately, when she was, I guess, five or six or seven, I forget exactly how old, um, she got into the basement, which she never was in, and she wound up eating, like, rat poison or something. I oh, my gosh. Hell. Yeah, and she died. It was hard. I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking. And my mom got another beagle months after that. My point is, I always wanted, like, um, not a German Shepherd, but I always wanted like a, a guard dog type, like a big dog. I always yes. loved the Siberian, not Siberian, but the Huskies. Mm-hmm. I love those dogs. But I always, like I see people walk them, and I'm like, that dog, if it ever turned on you or got pissed off, could maul you. Right. And it, it was always very concerning. And then we had kids. I'm like, all right, well, that's it. I'm not getting a big dog anymore. And, and we didn't wound up with the cats anyway. But that is a that's a true, honest, and like. Fair assessment, what you just said happened, it turned into an animal, which, to be fair, is what they are. Yes, but you would think after a certain amount of time they don't go back to that unless they were being like, like if another dog tried to get that from her, I could understand, like, dog versus dog. The fact that she showed her teeth and then snapped, like, I I agree. I, I took it away, she showed her teeth, and then, boom, like a cobra hit me. With what, her paw? Or no, her, her, like, she snapped her jaws at me. Wow. Yeah, not Dude. like a bite, but, a, um, that, like, they don't call that a dog bite. They call it, like, a, it was like a, like, she didn't bite down and hang on. It was just yeah. like a boom. That's, to, dude, that's. That was uh, weird. Yeah, I don't like that. I was I yelled at her, pointed at her face, and then she looked ashamed, but. She did. She did. Uh, okay, that's a good thing, at least. Yeah, and then we didn't talk to each other for a couple hours. <laughs> she go hide in the corner or in her bed? No, she was in her bed, but she wasn't looking at me. I wasn't looking at her. That's pretty funny. Then she eventually walked over and... And that be that. And you made that up. be that. We made up, Jerry. You have sex? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have make up sex with my dog, Jerry. <laughs> and Eddie, don't clip that. Just kidding. Come on now. I did find a study here, Jerry, that uh, had an interesting headline, so I thought I would print it out for you. Yeah. A new study shows that, uh, and this came from the U.K., Jerry. Oh, boy. Less than 4% of men are accepted as sperm donors. It's not as easy as you think. In the U.K.? In the U.K. Only only 4 out of 100 men who donate their sperm reach the final stages of the process. That's pretty (laughs) crazy. That's not a lot, and you got to think about how many guys are going in there to a, I guess, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. B, make money. That's a lot of um, donating yes. for nothing, right? So right, I guess they get paid, I believe. Even if, so, even if they don't use it, they still get paid. You know, that's a good. I do. I think. I. Th- I think what happens is you can. I don't know if they screen you. I guess they would screen you beforehand and say no. I would, yeah. Right, I, I, I would think you wouldn't get paid if they're not using it. What are they paying you for? Right, and why are they taking it in? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. if you're going there and go, like, hi, I would like to donate my sperm, they would go, okay, fill out these questionnaires. Fill, you know, we're going to ch- check your blood, check your whatever to make sure you don't have a diseases. Uh, and then they'll decide to take your sperm. But I guess, I guess a lot of people, it says people will get rejected for health issues, being carriers of genetic diseases, or had an infectious disease at the time. Of their donation. And probably didn't know about it. Yeah. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not making fun. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm really not poking fun at this because it's obviously a very important thing um, for parents or for couples that can't or are having trouble having children. So I, I get that. I'm not. But could you imagine just thinking about how much sperm you're surrounded by? A lot in of, one of those places. Yeah. Because you're saying they only accept 4%. They have to have a lot on hand because I would think the demand is a lot for struggling couples. I would think. Yes. And then on top of that, getting rid, discarding 96%? Yeah. God. That's a lot. How about that? Yeah. And it said here, too, that uh, a lot of the UK relies on imported sperm from the USA and Denmark. Well, we're, we're shipping it overseas? We're importing our sperm. So Have you ever done that? Uh, I have not. Have you ever thought about it? No, because I would I would always think about the probability that there is a child out there that I'm the father of. Or multiple. The, the biological father of. Yeah, or sure. multiple, yeah. That always seemed weird to me. Because it's it is a you know, it is a very giving thing to do. Yeah, it is weird because if somebody is a random sperm donor, we think they're weirdos. But they're really fulfilling a need for a lot of struggling people. Right. You know, and the emotions for a lot of these couples has just got to be, it's hard, it's it's difficult. But you're right. We do look at someone if we hear that they're a sperm donor and we yeah. think they're a weirdo. Like if you met the new intern and you heard that he was a <laughs> sperm donor, you'd be like, what? <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's weird. Good thing we don't have interns anymore. <laughs> Yeah, if you said this is our new intern, he donates blood quite often. We'd be like, "Wow, that is." Oh my god, nice... we would think he's a hero. That's a nice guy, right? Because he donates sperm often. We'd be like, "Ooh, what a pervert!" Right? We think he's just going there to watch the movies and, <laughs> and drop one. <laughs> what a creep! Yes, I, you're right. It's a bad stigma attached to it, and there shouldn't be. Isn't it weird? Like we, you could create a human life from that gunk. <laughs> <laughs> like a human life comes out of that for sure it can as long as it it's paired with the proper exactly right it is um it is strange it is strange and somehow somewhere the first human was born and we have no idea how or where or right. when or how did they know to put that in there to do that well let's get back to whimsy now animalistic tendencies and you know emotions and chemicals running through our body like that- the animal knows what it wants. That I should put that in there. Yeah. And then a, we'll have a baby. Well, you know they probably stuck it in the wrong one first. Sure. I mean, it's possible. Trial by error. Yes. Like anything in life. The more you do something, the more you figure things out. Yeah. So there's no question. Or, 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 whatever they did and whatever <laughs> whatever path they chose, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no way that the first woman knew that a human was going to be growing inside her. No. They must have thought there was, you know, there's a, hey, uh, Jonathan, there's something wrong here. I got a tumor in my stomach. Yeah, because it it takes nine months. I I know. 
and it would just get bigger and like the first woman that was pregnant had to have just feared for her life every waking moment of every day when her body began to change and her stuff. I mean, think about what happens to the body and how a normal looking person then would have a human being inside them. And then there's movement in there. That had to be terrifying. And then to think that I would even be thinking like, how does, how do we get this out? Right. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine they could call their, they could find their gynecologist back then. No. Think about that. And how did they know that was the opening it was coming out of and not like out of your mouth? Or ass. Or nose. It is. I don't know. It is pretty crazy. It really is. To be the first at anything. Good God. And then to think, okay, now this thing has come out of my body. Now it must now what? suckle my breast. And how would they know to do that? I don't know. Right. Or how do you know to cut the umbilical cord? I'd be like, this thing's attached to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing about that is I think ultimately it would fall off anyway. But... Yeah, I think it does, right? Yeah, my God. I did. It, to think where we are from where we came from is nuts. Right. Now we do everything to prevent it. It's like, a, but the IUDs, wear this condom. For sure. Take these pills. It's crazy. It, yes, it is. I yes, can't believe we why, have this many that, people still running around. That's why the more you think about things, the more freaked out you get yeah. about life and yes. death. It is because uh, you can literally drive yourself insane, sick, emotionally jaded, like all of it. Life is a wonderful mystery, Jerry. It is. And well, I'd even like talking today with Boomer when he's like, I was 45 when I started doing this show. That is weird to me. It's like, what the F? I'm going to be 49. Like, wait a second. So when he started this thing in 07, which was how many years ago? 16. Mm-hmm. So I was 33. Yeah. Like, I've spent all of my, almost all of my 30s and all of my 40s. Think about this with Boomer Esiason. The former MVP of the NFL. Right. Who I'm sure you watched on TV. Of course. Who didn't? I felt bad for him. I was rooting for him in that Super Bowl. I hated the Niners. Yes, of course. It's just, I don't know. It's remarkable how fast time flies by. And then you'll wake up one day and you're 49 or 53 or 61. That's how I uh, felt, although briefly, working with David Lee Roth. I was like, this is the guy who was cranking his music up. That was brief. (laughs) It was quite brief, but for <laughs> the moment, yeah, it was cool because I found I had old T-shirts, Van Halen T-shirts. Sure. You know, pictures of me in Van Halen T-shirts and things. I Probably like, went hmm. to concerts. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And then one day you were being chased by his security guard. <laughs> <laughs> Life comes full circle sometimes, Jerry. Oh, uh, it's so funny. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up show. You right. uh, Now, what's your story? Where are you going from here? All right, so I will. Um, I'm gonna go back to the hotel and go to sleep because I okay. got up at one thirty this morning. Um, and then we have Rutgers Northwestern tonight, nine p.m. Eastern, eight a.m. eight a.m. eight p.m. out here. And then I don't think we land until like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. So I didn't want to chance it. Yeah. So Chris Lopresti will be in tomorrow. All right. I'll do the warm-up program with Mr. CeeLo, and then we'll see you, Jerry, on a Friday. I like it. How about I like that? it. I like it. Yes, sir. All right, Jerry. So.